We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for Wednesday. Today is October 2nd. I'm Jeff Erickson. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thank you, Yahoo. We appreciate you. Uh, my co host today is Rotowire's Luke Hoover. You've seen him in the past doing exploiting the matchups. He, this year, he's doing a lot more writing about his vampire leagues. Uh, he's doing a lot of, uh, he's playing in the sin city, uh, league that I'm playing in, uh, that is hosted by Brad Evans in Vegas, uh, in July also is in the Scott fishbowl. Luke, welcome to the show. What's going on? Um, it's just excited to join, uh, you know, looking forward to week five. Um, you forgot to mention the sin city league that we already, we already played. I think that was a good matchup. Wasn't it? Do we play each other? i you know, yeah, I'm in, week, week so two. here's my problem. I'm in too many leagues. <laughs> I don't know who yeah, I've played I'm, in any I'm, league. Same problem there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's like 13 or 14 leagues this year. 13, I believe it is. Um, and I know, yeah, we, I was going to bring up that league. Um, I'm, I'm two and two in that league. Did you beat me? Yeah, that was actually one of the better matchups I've had because I'm just getting 
massive amounts of points scored against me. We can talk about it more later, but um, we had one of the highest scoring matchups, I think, once a week, two or three. Oh, you are the Polkai Panthers, I take it, huh? That's me. Because I saw when I was, you know, I see your Al Bundy uh, logo there, and it's the same as your Skype one. So, and well done. Uh, yeah, we're both two and two, but you scored 40, 40 more or 60 more points than I have. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, great team I have now. Uh, but that's all right. Uh, we will, we'll discuss that soon. There are so many news items this week, Luke. Uh, let's jump into it. Starting with Stefan Diggs held out of practice today for non-injury reasons. He's been unhappy about his role. Although last week they kind of finally got him untracked and went over a hundred yards. But ever since uh, that Seattle loss on Monday night, when Mike Zimmer fired John D. Filippo as the offensive coordinator, said we want to have a uh, you know want to run, run the ball more. You know, last week he kind of walked that back and said I want to have a balanced offense. Okay, sure. Uh, it, you know, since then though, it, 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 they've been a very run heavy team, and Diggs and Thielen both have hurt because of that. Yeah, I mean, as a Packers fan, I'm I'm really hoping he somehow miraculously forces a a trade out of Minnesota, but uh, and especially even as a Diggs owner in the the Scott Fishbowl. But I don't know what they're doing. The the lack of balance there when they have two elite pass catchers is is bizarre. Uh, I mean, and they even have a couple strong tight ends with the rookie uh, Irv Smith and, and Kyle Rudolph. So, you know, and it's not surprised to see that Diggs is a little upset. Right, and uh, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'm going to do my update on the, the value meter rankings for the week tomorrow. I always do uh, the initial one Tuesday night and then have two days worth of practice reports and do it before, get the update before the uh, Thursday game. I'm going to have to move them down. And it's too bad because, uh, you know, I, I love the matchup this week against the Giants. You would think it'd be a good time to, to keep that passing game going. You know, if you're if you're looking for an underutilized stack, maybe Minnesota with uh, Cousins and I guess it has to be Cousins and Thielen with all the volume now, I suppose. Yeah, at the same time, though, do you really trust them to throw it more than about 25 times in that game? You know, no, I, I don't. I don't. Obviously, Diggs and Thielen are talented enough to do a lot of damage to that giant secondary, but that Vikings D is still one of the best in the league. You know, it's a rookie quarterback, third start. I don't, I just don't see the giants keeping up with them enough. Who's more likely to get traded Stefan Diggs or Jalen Ramsey? <laughs> Oof. Uh, I mean, I you have to say Ramsey, I guess at this point, but you, you never know week to week. Yeah, you don't. And uh, it's, you know, this is the first I've kind of heard of the, the trade demand, but uh, yeah, it's not fun to deal with there. So uh, that's the big one. Another big one. Steven Goskowski's owned in every single league. He hasn't been great so far this year. He's missed four extra points and he won't be great the rest of the year because he just got put on IR uh, with a, a hip injury. Not going to require surgery, but, you know, that shuts it down. Got to, you know, giddy up and go get another kicker now. Yeah, I mean, they're the Patriots. You know, they'll unearth some somebody that no one's really looked at that winds up you know, well, kicking three or four field goals a game. I'm sure Justin Tucker is going to, like, throw a fit, get force the Ravens to cut him, and the Pats are going to swoop in because that's how it works, right? Uh, yeah, that's the, the Belichick magic. Yeah, it is. So uh, something – Something to be on, you know, make sure you check your kick, stupid kickers. Um, you may have to replace them this week. Uh, you might have Matt Prater, too. Who knows? You won't have the Dolphins kicker. I think we're pretty sure about that one there. But uh, that that's one thing. There are a lot of injuries this week, a lot of wide receiver injuries. Last week, I have a team that has T.Y. Hilton, 
Mike Williams, Terry McLaurin, all out. You know, uh, I think uh, Emmanuel Sanders was questionable going into the week. He actually played and played well. Devin Singletary is on the team. So I have, like, all these guys I couldn't use. You know, I'm, like, scrambling, finding, like, Zach Pascal to put in in my starting lineup. You know, a guy like that just to get, you know, a healthy lineup going. Uh, Colts play the Chiefs on Sunday night. And I'm it, on paper, it was going to be this great game, a rematch of a playoff game from last year. But then Luck retired. Now T.Y. Hilton missed a game and is questionable this week, although I guess he's feeling better. Uh, all the you know, Colts have major injuries in defense, too. It's not nearly as attractive of a game. Well, you know, definitely not nearly as attractive, but you got to give some credit to the Colts. Jacoby Brissett, I believe he's tied for the lead league in, in touchdown passes with Mahomes. So, right. You know, they, they're still moving the football. They still got that offensive line. I'm almost more curious about the, the Marlon Mack injury. See how that shakes out, though. He seems to tough it out every week. Yeah, that's another one that's going to be bothering me, too. Uh, I've got Mack in a couple leagues in one of my biggest leagues, the NFFC Classic. Uh, so, and, and the thing is, it's Sunday night. So unless you have Naheem Hines or you have Jordan Wilkins, you don't really have a pivot. It's always tough, you know, with the, the Sunday night or the Monday night game. If if you got that guy, that could be a game time decision. I typically err on the side of caution and and bench him unless I can stash either the backup or you know another player in one of those games. Yeah, in a way, you almost want him to be declared out so you can just start the backup. You know, except the same thing yeah, happened with Mac a couple of weeks ago where he's questionable and then he had a great game. So, I mean, that that's the thing. You could miss out on it, too. It, it's really frustrating. And then at the late game, try to be around if you can uh, to swap guys out like that. Uh, but, you know, Hilton's, you know, Hilton almost never misses games. So, you know, that when they put him as doubtful last week, you knew it was going to be, you know, it really had to be bothering him, that quad injury. And it changes the Colts' entire offense there. They went to more like tight ends, and they went to Pascal. They went to Chester Rogers got a score. I mean, they, they, they definitely spread it around a little bit more. And the one that surprised me, and I keep, you know, this is now week four in about two, three weeks. Now I'm waiting for Deion Kane to show up and and do some damage. Looked real good in the preseason. You know, was hyped up as a rookie last year before the season ending injury in in the preseason. So, you know, he's playing a lot of snaps. Uh, um, I'm anxious to see if Hilton's out again, if he shows up in a possible shootout. Yeah, me too. Uh, Kane is interesting. Paris Campbell, second round pick this year, got hurt in his own right. Uh, Had, I think, an abdomen injury. So, that's another one. Uh, so just it's sooner or later, they'll have to throw it to Kane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chiefs side of things, it's still the uh, running backs, Damian Williams. Uh, you know, missed the last two weeks with a pretty bad knee contusion. In the meantime, LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams have both been productive two weeks in a row. Yeah, and and they're so deep at the skill positions that you know even you you see the reports of Tyreek Hill practicing, and there's just no need for these guys to be rushed back, Williams or Hill. You know, they, they've got the, the firepower elsewhere. Yeah, you could see a scenario there where they're both kind of active or limited until they uh, limited in snaps their first week back, uh, especially uh, the chief, I mean, the running back position. I mean, Darwin Thompson can't even see the field. Yeah, that one's a little bizarre, but uh, I'm not totally shocked by, you know, that that happens all the time with these guys that are preseason hype. Um, fortunately, I didn't buy shares of him anywhere. Yeah, I do have some Damian Williams early, early shares of him. Not so much late. Once he had that hamstring thing in training camp, and Andy Reid got frustrated. Was like, 
ooh, I see how tenuous his role is, and I backed off. But the early leagues, yeah, that, that one, that, that kind of stinks. Uh, then you're kind of, and yeah, if you don't have the handcuff, then you're in a lot of trouble. It's it's really frustrating. And the thing is, you don't know what's going to happen in week seven, week nine. That could change pretty quickly. But yet, you know, you want to. That's the that's the conundrum. It, it's kind of like the Eagles a lot. You know, you, in any given week, it'd be someone else. Uh, but you don't know, you know, and you can't entirely ignore it because it's productive. Right. right. Yeah. A ton of uh, scary receiver injuries this week. Uh, you know, a bunch we even touched on yet. Yeah. Uh, well, let's keep going through these then, because uh, there are, like you said, there are a lot of scary ones here this week. Uh, and, and coming off a of week two where wide receivers just got shut down all over the place. Uh, the biggest name wide receiver wise, though, has to be Devon, Devontae Adams. Didn't practice Monday, was a non-participant in Wednesday's practice today, uh, spotted working with the training uh, staff, uh, performing lateral lunges and squats, according to Matt Schneidman of The Athletic. Uh, he may not play. Remember, they're playing on an artificial surface in Jerry Dome, so that might bode against him playing, too. From what I can tell, he's not officially out. He's not out by any, by any official means. How would you handicap that situation? Uh, you know, it's one of those difficult ones to handicap. And I'm, I'm the type of guy that typically errs on the side of caution with receivers. But with a, a guy of Adam's caliber, he's also one of those guys that if he goes out there and he can play and he's, you know, they're actually projecting him to, you know, get his usual allotment of snaps or even anything close to it, 50% of them, you know, it's kind of hard to bench him. You know, he's just that talented and they'll really need him in this game. Um, you know, I can't see them beating Dallas without him, especially the way they can't stop the run, you know, and, and what Zeke can do to them on the other side of the ball. That's right. At, at the same time, you know, if it's one of those game time decisions, like you say, and, and this week it's another conundrum because almost all the games are one o'clock kickoffs. They play, you know, in that 425 uh. slot. So if he's a game time call, you almost have to bench him unless, again, you either have like a Geronimo Allison or Valdez Scantling or, you know, you have one of these other receivers maybe for the Chiefs or or in that Browns Niners game. This is the worst apportioned slate of the year. Only two afternoon games. I say afternoon because I'm on the West Coast. So four o'clock games for you East Coast folk. Uh, for one four o five and one four twenty five even. Uh, just terrible. I mean, it's going to be impossible to keep up early on. You know, you, the grid when the grid channel isn't enough. When you have to kind of go to extra channels. I mean, you're almost forced to go red zone. Or just go do your standalone game. And I have two TVs, and it's still not enough this week. It's really aggravating. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, as a Packers guy, I like to usually head to a bar to watch them, you know, week in and week out, um, you know, so that I can also catch a few of the other games because I'm going to watch the Green Bay game most closely. Uh, you know, the 1 o'clock games, it's a mess. You know, there's a 10 games, you know. It's uh, you're, if you watch it in the bar scene, your head's just going to be spinning. Absolutely. So you live in the Philly area, correct? Uh, I'm Jersey, but pretty far north of Philly. Okay. I'm, I'm actually really close to MetLife. So for, I don't know why I always associated you with Philly. I was going to say that might have provided presented a conflict for you last Thursday, but not at all, as it turns not out. Not even the slightest. Okay. <laughs> Moving on then. All right. Yeah. Way to get your facts right, Jeff. Well done. Um, Lots of other wide receiver injuries. Jarvis Landry suffered a concussion late in the win over the Ravens. They tore them, tore them up, had a big game, but uh, now he's in the concussion protocol. The Browns, they play on Monday night. So another case there where you may not have much in the way of recourse 
if Landry can't go. Yeah, I mean, and he's he'd been off to such a slow start this season. You know, good chance he was just one of your flex options and not necessarily a guy you counted on week in and week out. But, um, you know, you're right. He looked really good against the Ravens. Um, you know, their secondary is banged up. And I think uh, Marlon Humphrey, their best corner, was on Beckham, you know, who had a you know totally silent game and he kind of shut him down. That might have contributed to Landry going off. But uh, it, it's another one of those tough ones. Um, you're hoping he clears protocol, you know, before Sunday. So you obviously don't have to worry about it if you plan to use him. But, um, yeah, a lot of guys are going to be out. I'm surprised you haven't even mentioned your – your Cincinnati Bengal guy who's on my Sin City team that I'm probably going to have to drop here in a minute. Uh, not even probably. He's on IR if you're talking about John Ross. Uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, finally shows some signs of breakout, and then he gets hurt. Now he's on IR. Yeah. IR to return most likely, but just can't buy a break. Just can't. It's so frustrating. And the Bengals, they're, they're worse. They somehow got worse. And, don't, and I don't think this is actually a – you know, ref- their performance is not necessarily a reflection on the job that Zach Taylor has done. It's a reflection of what a mess the roster has gotten in the first place. What happens when you have ownership like Mike Brown? What happens when you have Mike Brown also be your GM and you have the fewest scouts in football uh, and you, you don't sign anybody of note on the you know, via free agency? It's just it's tough. I mean, it's it's a bad team. Yeah, it definitely looked pretty messy Monday night. That one was a tough game to watch, and and I was glued to it because I think I had like six or seven uh, matchups uh, out. You know, the outcome of that game was deciding them. Ross in the Sin City game, actually, where I won a narrow one, and uh, you know, a few others, uh, some Connor shares, the Pittsburgh D. That one worked out okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, the the Ross injury, you know, hurts a lot of owners who were hoping maybe they could you know, bank on him as a flex some weeks in good matchups. Uh, you know, he had a couple quiet games, obviously, after the, the real breakout and that Zach Taylor offense. It's, you know, it's can't get going, though, when they can't block anybody. Yeah, and it, it's reached uh, emergency levels of attrition on that offensive line. Now, uh, they get Alex Redmond back from a four-game suspension. I don't know how much that's going to help. But at least it's another uh, live body, I guess. But, you know, not having Cordy Glenn all year has been a big deal. That's their starting left tackle. Uh, he hasn't played a snap yet this season because he's been had a concussion the whole time. Uh, and it doesn't look like he's going to play this week as well. Billy Price was their first-round pick last year as the starting center. He is not even the center anymore. He's the backup left guard. Uh, well done, Bengals. Good job. Top notch. Uh, I mean, I liked the idea of drafting him. And he it's not like... The Bengals were the only team considering him as a as a first round pick too, but they're the ones that pulled the trigger. They're the ones that have quote unquote developed him, and he's not helping right now. And it's just it's really difficult. So, yeah, ag- aggravating times. Uh, yeah, you know what? Okay, so say if you are you this week they get they get Arizona. You know you know that Arizona's got a bad secondary, really have struggled this year, but the Bengals have this horrible offensive line. Are you like? eagerly starting Tyler Boyd what about Tyler Eifert knowing that Arizona sends he's not to be able to stop the tight end uh Eifert I don't know about he's you know again it's kind of then it depends on who you have as your regular tight end uh because I'm, I'm assuming he's your backup at best or a waiver wire guy you can pick up and try to stream uh it's hard to sit Tyler Boyd who you know we say volume is king and he's currently fourth in the league in targets right you know, almost 10 a game uh, real quiet, you know, against the Steelers. So there's some concern, obviously, that maybe he's just he just can't get going if they can't 
block and protect Dalton long enough to, for him to get him the ball. Right. But I'm, I would probably, again, we've talked about all these receiver injuries. You almost kind of have to play him given the volume he's getting. And I would suggest that, that, that Steelers pass rush is a little bit more legit than the Cardinals, you know, even though they have Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs, who just kind of somehow keeps doing it. But uh, I, I would imagine, though, that the, uh, you know, the Cardinals aren't going to be in the backfield quite as much as Pittsburgh was. Yeah, I, t- I agree with you. And it's in Cincy, too. That matters a little bit. It's not prime time. That matters, apparently, if you're a Bengals. Uh, so that's another reason why. Before we move on, look at other uh, matchups uh, and other notes. Quick note from our uh, friends at Sideboss. Hey, football fans, week five of the NFL season is here. And lucky for you, Sideboss has got you covered. If you missed entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join Week 4 and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Sideboss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Sideboss weekly or daily free-to-play games, get all the picks correct, and boom! Win cash and an entry into the Sideboss $150,000 private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use promo code ROTOWIRE. I'm Jeff Erickson here. I'm talking with Luke Hoover. We're breaking down week five and all the, the, the copious injuries and news items of the week. And there are a lot of them. Uh, a lot of, and it's created some interesting, uh, you know, look, looks at the uh, matchups for this week too. Uh, one that we don't know the answer to yet is uh, who's going to be the quarterback uh, for Chicago, it looks like it's not, probably not going to be Mitchell Trubisky. looks like it's more likely to be Chase Daniel. What does that mean for the rest of the Bears offense, Luke? Yeah, no, I saw an interesting um, tweet earlier today about Daniel and his three games, uh, the two that he played last year and then uh, um, last week, who he's targeted the most. And Tariq Cohen has 27 targets from Chase Daniel. According to this tweet, I don't you know, verify the stat, but um, – it sounds like this could be a game where we see a little bit more Tariq Cohen. He did catch the touchdown from, from him last week. You know, other than him, you know, David Montgomery with a pretty soft matchup against the Raiders and Allen Robinson. I can't see how you play any of these Bears. You know, still not a good offense. Um, but Allen Robinson's seen volume, and he was second on that list of guys that Daniel had targeted. Uh, and then, you know, surprisingly, my one of my favorite guys, um, sleepers coming into the year, or, or uh, breakout type candidates, Anthony Miller was at the bottom, towards the bottom of that list, and we saw it last week again. And he had only three targets. Guys, yeah. completely silent. He's been a ghost this year. Um, so that's a disappointment. But uh, I would say Robinson's a guy you want to put in your lineup just because of his target share and maybe Cohen uh, for the matchup. Yeah, I'd like to see like Miller line up in the slot. You know, I'd like to see him get more of those targets and he traded up for him. I mean, he got hurt. That's part of it. But he, he, like you said, he's been a ghost. It's really frustrating. Could be a buy low in a dynasty league for sure. I, I would think about buying low on him. Maybe not uh season long because just not going to matter that much. He might be a pickup from the waiver wire low. Uh, it's pretty soon, but uh, we'll see about that. James Connor mispracticed today. You remember he was in and out of the game last week with an ankle. They, they already said, on like Tuesday morning. Oh, he may be limited this week in practice. So not exactly a huge deal. Wednesday practice is what it is. Uh, they face the Ravens week this week, big game. You know, the Ravens run defense after two weeks, we're starting to think it's the same old Ravens defense. You know, they shut down the running game two weeks row, but that was Miami and Arizona. Then the last two weeks, Casey ran the ball well against him. And of course, Nick Chubb went off on him last week. 
Yeah. I mean that Ravens defense, I think as a whole top to bottom really isn't what we're used to seeing. Um, and I, I wouldn't fear them, you know, regardless of, of the matchup, you know, whoever you're, you have going up against Baltimore, you know, passing game, running back, whatever. I, I just don't think that they're nearly as stout as they used to be. They're giving up almost five yards of carry. I just pulled this up and, um, you know, obviously Chubb, the 88 yard run is a big you know, contributing factor. Sure. But like you said that, you know, McCoy sliced through him, Darrell Williams ripped off like a 40 yard run in that game. You know, they can definitely be run on. I'm definitely interested to see what Jalen Samuels does in that game. Cause he looked really good in the Monday night contest, but you know, how much of that was the, the Bengals and right. uh, how much of that was the, the scheme they weren't you know prepared for with him even playing some wildcat. Yeah, I was going to say that was it was kind of gimmicky, but it was a gimmick that worked. It was a well planned out, thought out. I think it, it was adva- taking advantage of the Bengals' clear weakness, which is linebacker. They have four linebackers on their roster, and two of them they don't like to play. Uh, and the two they do like to play, Preston Brown and Nick Vigil, are just okay. You know, they were getting wasted in open uh, open field a lot uh, on Monday night. Uh, now, granted, you one on one, sometimes you don't want anybody like that, you know, necessarily. But it was it was painful to watch. Uh, meanwhile, Juju Smith-Schuster has really been struggling uh, with uh, Ben out. Uh, had the one catch and run against the Niners, but other than that, I mean, it's been pretty uh, pretty tough to to own him so far this year. He's dealing with a toe injury. Didn't practice today. I wonder if that's something that he's been dealing with, or is it just a matter of game flow and Rudolph being QB? Yeah, no, I don't think I'd seen any previous report of it. Uh, so it's it's something that sounds like it maybe just popped up. It could have been in the game. It could have been, you know, a- afterwards that he started to really feel the effects of it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, just three catches the last two weeks. Uh, I think he caught a, you know, a long one about a 40 yard pass from, from Rudolph uh, in that Seattle game after he replaced Ben. And he did finish that one with 84 yards, you know, in three straight games to start the year, at least 78, but he hasn't had that real breakout game. Like you say, only the one touchdown he's he's a guy to me he's a little bit hard to to trust and especially the way after we just saw um you know marlon humphrey shut down odell i i don't know it's i mean if you draft where based on where you drafted you probably have to play smith schuster this week yeah but um you know depending on the you know the practice reports and the injury and everything like that he might be a guy you bench for one week i can't see benching him i just can't i i i'd be so paranoid that i'm gonna miss out on like you know what we saw against the Niners, the one catch and run. He's just that good. Uh, he is yeah. that good, but I think it also depends on you know your positional depth. If you're really strong at receiver, and maybe you hit on a couple guys like you know uh, Cooper Cup was falling in some drafts I did at different points of the season, or Chris Godwin with some of these guys that are breakout players. You know, it might be harder to to play him than it is to sit him this week. That's true. Well, it's funny you mentioned Godwin because he does he popped up back on the injury report again today. Same thing as last week. He was on the injury uh, report with a hip injury, listed as questionable going in. Some people actually benched him for that massive game against the Rams last week. Obviously, a mistake. Uh, but it was there. You know, it was one of those cases too where the questionable guys in the early games they all sat out. You know, it didn't come in. So you're like, oh, okay. well, I guess, uh, you know, maybe that's going to be the case here. No, he not only played, he went off, gets New Orleans in New Orleans this week. Uh, You know, that used to be a ticket to the carnival. It's not anymore. That's true. But I mean, it's also not the past defense that New Orleans was, um, you know, the Marshall Lattimore's rookie year. where They were just completely shutting down everybody. 
they're you, you you can still throw on them. They're giving up. Um, it looks like almost you know two just shy of 280 yards a game through the air. They haven't given up a lot of passing touchdowns yet. Outside of when uh, you know Deshaun Watson had that big week one, they've they've been pretty strong in in limiting um, you know quarterbacks and, and pass catchers the last few weeks. But you know they haven't really played uh, any of the you know superstar. Uh, receivers really as of as of yet outside of um you know Mari Cooper last week who I'm certainly I call him a superstar uh I think Mike Evans Godwin they're definitely a tougher challenge I wouldn't bench either of those guys we saw what they did against that Rams secondary last week yeah Hopkins in week one if I recall he had a pretty decent game uh, right yeah uh, since since that game they, it's been they've been a lot better yeah that's true uh well speaking of Hopkins that's the game I want to talk about because uh, that's Houston, Atlanta. Last week, you know, Hopkins was held in check, uh, five catches for 41 yards. After the game, Sean Watson was explaining how Carolina was running a cover four, taking away a lot uh, of Hopkins from him, as well as that pass rush. He had to get rid of the ball pretty quickly in this one. I don't see that being the same issue this week. I, I think that this is going to be a pretty good get well game for Watson, for Hopkins, even Will Fuller. I, I like I like the Houston components this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. We we haven't seen that breakout Will Fuller game yet. You know, the long touchdown, right? Which seemed to be like a given <laughs> when when he and Watson first started playing together. I think it was something like you know eleven touchdowns in eleven games or something when they first connected but um he's been awfully quiet he's a, a probably a, a nice buy low candidate especially with kenny stills dealing with the hamstring injury um you know it's the uh, fuller's best days are ahead i actually saw i'm in at least one league where he was dropped you know shockingly wow yeah and that's the thing you know and it's funny I, I hear this now and i see it some leagues but you know and you hear it like on xm like uh you know send us show show your bad drop of the week in your league and you, you start to see some guys that and i've seen you know much bigger names get cut already too a lot of uh impatience in fantasy football owners and it's something to pay attention to you you know there's tuesday night yahoo leagues they run the early waivers pay attention to who's dropped you can uh, swoop in and pick someone up after they clear wa- waivers or put in a claim on them you know you miss out if you don't yeah so. no 100 percent um i'm actually trying to figure out in that league who i can clear from my bench is it and that's you know, it depends on the format of your league. This is one where it's a five-person bench. It's, right. So it's a little easier to find some talent on the waiver wire. Uh, but trying to figure out who I can either drop or maybe if, if they do rule somebody out on my team. I've got Mike Williams in that one where uh, heavily invested in him, and he's been killing me. Uh, but if I can stick him back on to the IR for a week, I can grab a guy like Fuller. You know, that's just the thing. Like uh, you mentioned, like the, the bench size, this is a good defense of the smaller leagues, the smaller benches. You know, we always talk about having a real man plays in a 14 team league and it's super deep. Sometimes shallow creates hard decisions, too. And, and especially in who to cut. And you, you only have a few bench spots and you, you got all this good replacement value out there. It forces you to make that hard decision, and that's good for the league. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it also you know, obviously helps some of those teams that are less competitive early in the season. You, you know, start off slow, you're one and three or something like that, and you can hit on a guy off the waiver wire and you know pull yourself back up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, before we move on, talk about uh, leagues that we're in together, Sin City uh, Showdown, as well as uh, Scott Fishbowl. Uh, quick note from our friends at Fantasy Draft. 
Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, brings the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event with its $100,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 3. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited-time promotional contests. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10 12 or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE and you'll get a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. Every year in July during the baseball all-star break, Rotowire gets together in Las Vegas and we have a company conference. Uh, not so much a conference so much as just a chance to unwind. We do a couple of football drafts. Uh, in fact, we're in, and I forgot the Vegas League. We're also in that together, too. The Rotowire Vegas League, too. But uh, there's a one auction, one dra- draft. Luke and I did both together. Uh, start off with the Sin City Showdown. You mentioned you are like the big point scorer in your league but you are also uh, uh you're or not you're the second highest point scorer but you're also the runaway points against leader 692 points have been scored against you so far <laughs> that's insane that that is painful that's an average uh, you know you know that's like I mean, quick math mr math is really hard for me today apparently uh it's like 175 points a week against you that's that's crazy yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the standings right now. Definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating. I, I'm the guy that always likes to defend that, you know, fantasy is more, or at least equal amount of skill is, you know, versus luck. And I know you're, you know, you play a lot of poker too, Jeff. And I, I, whenever I'm talking to a friend, I'll, I'll kind of compare it to that. You know, the the line from Rounders. You know, why do the same guys wind up at the final table of the World Series? I think that that's no longer you know, true, by the way. Of course, not not true as the same way it used to be, but. Um, I, I think, I, I think fantasy correlates well to that to a degree, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those examples of, okay, you know, maybe luck is kicking my butt a little bit right now. Uh, I should be, you know, based on point score, probably four and oh, but I played the, the first or second highest scoring team. I played, I think the first, uh, highest scoring team twice now. Um, one of our other guys, uh, um, got me Jason Thornberry, one of our editors, mm-hmm. in week three, where he just went completely off. Uh, so yeah, I, I should be three and one or four and zero, oh, but uh, hanging in there. And I still like my roster, even though, uh, like I said earlier, lost John Ross now for at least eight games. Yeah, that, that is a real bummer. You swooped in and got Will Disley. That's been a nice little pickup. How early? How long ago did you get him? I want to say I grabbed him going into week three. Okay, um, and it was actually my first you know, use the fab the, you know, so far this season. And I just way overpaid, uh, for Dallas good there, but I, I wanted to make sure I got that second tight end since we have to start two and Kyle Rudolph had been killing me, uh, so far this season. And I like Godair's upside a lot. It was worth to me, it was worth putting in a, a higher bid to make sure I got him, uh, just because of the upside I have Wentz, you know, I pair him with my quarterback, which, you know, deep league like this is almost like playing daily some weeks. 
So uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And, you know, Ertz leads all tight ends and targets. He goes down and suddenly I think Godier is top five tight end. Yeah, Dallas Goddard is, uh, you know, and he's going to play a big role in the future. I love him in dynasty leagues before he blows up. Because, you know, Ertz, they're going to, like, they could trade him this year even for Jalen Ramsey. You know, I heard that rumor once before. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'd probably say no, but at the same time, just especially because of the tie that he has to Wentz, it would be, I think, pretty upsetting the team to upset the apple cart. I don't think they want to do that, but this is a two tight end league too. And that's why, you know, guy, finding guys like that are so important is, you know, it, it's really hard to find a second tight end. I've used James O'Shaughnessy the last two weeks and he's gotten me like one catch, but for a touchdown each of the last two weeks, I think I'm stuck using him again this week too. He might have to be. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, really, like I said, I had Rudolph, who was uh, I waited probably, I think, longer, close to as long as anybody in, in the auction draft to grab tight ends and wound up with Rudolph and Jordan Reed. <laughs> uh, and I'm at yeah. the point of I'm at the point of de- trying to decide between do I, you know, drop Jordan Reed, who I'm able to stick in that IR slot to hold on to John Ross because he's got some good late season matchups or do I just wait and see does Reed ever play again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and what's the payoff once he does, too? I mean, it's a three-headed monster at quarterback for Washington right now, and it seems like the identity of the starter is going to change every single week. You know, it's possible that Colt McCoy is your week five starter, uh, which, you know, I don't think a whole lot of people expected that, and they wouldn't view that as a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty valid point. I think eventually, obviously, you have to hand it over to Dwayne Haskins. They're they're not going anywhere. They're, they're 0-4. They just got their creamed by the giants of all teams so um the the upshot is at the very least they're going to be throwing it a lot um you know vernon davis i'm just checking this right now he has 19 targets jeremy sprinkles and got nine so it's about seven a game you know going to the tight end position right you have to figure jordan reed gobbles up most of those and probably some even from receivers or even a chris thompson where you know he could be seeing eight ten targets some weeks um you know as they try to play catch up just a matter of whether or not he can ever get healthy again. I don't know how many concussions this is for his career at this point, but he's, he's got to be close to thinking about retirement. I don't think he's practiced once since the concussion from what I've seen. Yeah. And, uh, and that was in the preseason. Yeah. And I can't blame him. I mean, I think it's like seventh or eighth concussion. It's just crazy. Um, your toughest decision is like, how do you, do you decide to start golden Tate or not? Basically uh, this week, his first game back. That's not even that tough a decision though, because of the matchup. I, I can't justify using him over like James White or Muhammad Sanu. Sanu versus Tate, I guess, would be your decision. It would be, but you know what? Sanu is, I, I think, uh, I, I, what I've been checking most closely, you know, to help make some of these decisions in a deeper format, I think it helps a lot is, are these snap counts. And yep. uh, he's, he's on the field more than any other receiver for the Falcons. I don't, that, you know, I don't trust that offense to not have to throw it. 35 40 times a game so he's going to continue to see targets got 12 last week definitely not banking on anything like that week in and week out but he's that guy who can give you that steady like you know like his week one five for 57 and he still hasn't gotten in the end zone yet sooner or later that's going to happen it's not a bad matchup uh, against the texans and you know it's indoors too so it's a nice little plus as well um so i I'm, he's got a couple good matchups coming up which is why i picked him up plays arizona the next week um, just grabbed him as well as Godera this week. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the funny thing too is, uh, you know, with Sanu, like, I, and I think you outbid me on him, if I recall correctly. That's because I got scary Terry McLaurin earlier and I used a lot of my budget, but so I've been very cheap since then. Uh, 
you know, Calvin Ridley is the only Atlanta receiving option that hasn't paid off so far. Two bad weeks in a row now. I wonder, you know, a game like this against Houston that kind of projects to possibly be a shootout, can they, are there enough uh, passes to go around for everybody? I think there might be, given how often Atlanta throws the ball. I mean, Sanu has yet to get less than six targets in a game. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll take that most weeks. And who knows, like I said before, rookie quarterback making his third start. You know, it's Golden Tate's first game with the team. Who knows how they incorporate him? He, maybe he doesn't play as many snaps. You kind of figure that given the depth of the receiver position, he has to. Um, I also picked up um, going in uh, to the, the weekend last week, Dante Pettis, who got dropped, like, I assume, because of the bye week, but also obviously the you know um, the playing time and the weird situation there with the Niners receiving core. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, he caught the game winner against Pittsburgh. You know, still hasn't really produced anything. He's got just 27 yards on the season, but, you know, looked real good late last year. You know, worth a dart throw. I'm not going to roll him out just yet, but um, you know, as a, like an emergency guy, if I need him, it, uh, I like the upside. You're. We're also doing the. Uh, uh, that was an auction league, and that was run by Brad Evans. We're also in a draft league that's all RotoWire people. Uh, the next day, and you're four and zero in that one too. You're off to a pretty good start, Luke. I got to give you some credit here. Yeah, I think this is the best um, team I've had in this league, in this format, which is another deep one. 14 teams, I think, we're still doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, and honestly, it's, uh, luckily, I, I drafted well. It's probably the league I've checked the least of my, like, double-digit league so far. But uh, it, it's a standard format. So, you know, I given the position I had, which I want to say was third, I don't know if you recall this specifically, I flipped a coin between Kamara and McCaffrey at the draft and got mm-hmm. Kamara. Um, can't go wrong basically really yeah to this point of the season i'd probably prefer mccaffrey slightly, sure. but my next two picks based on where the you know the draft board was falling uh, i think my first three picks were for uh kamara fournette and mark ingram uh and then godwin as well you got tyree kill with one of your early ones and that yeah. and you're, uh, you're doing actually, well despite that I waited on Hill because they hadn't announced made any announcements oh, yet. Oh, that's him. right. It was in July. Well, You're right. I got, I got him as kind of a mid-round guy. Um, so I'm, I still have him coming back. Um, where I really waited was quarterback, and I messed that one up because I do recall taking – I've just never been a big believer in Lamar Jackson. And I. this is a, a one of those quirky formats where we don't – I don't think we um, do any negative points for turnovers. Right. So because of it, I, I banked on Josh Allen – outproducing Jackson slightly and took him one spot before Jackson went. But uh, that's my weak spot right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My weak spot is pretty obvious. Just look at the eight running backs I have on my roster uh, that I have not been able to find that guy. I mean, it it was pretty ugly from the word go on that one. I think I started off with Adams in the first round and now I've got that mess to deal with. I, I think I compounded that by getting another, uh, wide receiver like Alan Galladay was fourth round so that wasn't I went Cooper Galladay three four so I you know that that's my problem Damian Williams was my only early running back and that's not gone well obviously um and like I've had like the likes of like Tevin Coleman getting hurt that also hurt you know I picked up I think I picked up Brita in the draft and I I just I have not gotten things right I think I took Penny over Carson you have to remember again July but that was a huge fail uh, my team's all that being said, despite all that, it's like 500. 
um, and with decent decent points. So I could still be competitive there, but I, I really need to hit on a running back at some point in time here. Uh, you, you do have Penny, it looks like, coming back this week. Uh, he's trending that way, obviously. And um, I'm, I actually always take a picture of the draft board every year, so I'm looking at that. I'm not looking at your active roster. I don't know if you – did you hang on to Naheem Hines? That, that could – you know, potentially, um, no, I did not, <laughs> but I do have Jordan Wilkins. Uh, but, uh, who knows? Uh, yeah, it, I, I, that's not my best draft. Uh, I'll say that much. I like my uh, when you draft in July. This is the stuff that happens. You get Chris Carson going at the end of the sixth round and, um, Kyrie yeah. kill. Uh, I mean, yep. I think I'm looking at the draft board. Sterling Shepard went one pick before it took Chris Godwin. Yeah. Well, and both those picks would have been fine. You know, and Godwin is fine, you know, definitely. Although early on, it wasn't that great. So there you go. I mean, yeah. yeah, so interesting. Finally, yeah, the other league that we're not in the same league, but we're both in Scott Fishbowl. And I saw a tweet go out that the uh, collective Rotowire people are doing pretty well in Fishbowl. I'm three and one with a good number of points. Uh, How are you doing in that league? Uh, I'm two and two. Um, I think barring any stat corrections, cause I, am going to double check really what, what my score was this last week. I won by 0.34. <laughs> oh, wow. Hence <laughs> the, the, the barring top. any stat corrections. The, the last John Ross catch put me over the top in that one. Um, you know, so two and two, I should be three and one. I cost myself uh, week one. I lost, I've, I've had two really close matchups. I lost that one, uh, by like three three and change maybe and played Corey Davis over John Ross who had a, he had the goose egg when John Ross put up with um, people don't know the Scott fishbowl has this crazy video game scoring. So he had a lot of bonus points, but Ross had something like 50 on my bench in week one. Ouch. Ouch. That hurts. That hurts a lot. Besides besides the total points swing that I'd love to have, it cost me a win. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm doing well despite having Mel, Melvin Gordon being my first round pick. If you recall, the Melvin Gordon news came out, the holdout came out while we were in Vegas. Fishbowl started on Monday, and I think the news came out on Tuesday. And we had I had the misfortune of being in the fast draft, and Eckler was already gone in this league too. So yeah, um, yeah. I I think I was in one of the like five slowest drafts. It took forever. We had a few timed out picks. It was it was pretty brutal. That is brutal. But because because we were in Vegas that whole week, I was I was one of the guilty parties. <laughs> I wasn't checking it as religiously. Yeah, I actually have plenty of running back options in that league, though. Um, that's that's the amazing thing. So we'll see. I, but I've got Shepard in that league. I've got Diggs in that league, which might not end up being so great. We, we both have Diggs. Uh, that you're actually doing quite a bit better than me in total points um, we're, we're not in the same division but you might remember we're actually in the same conference i think yeah i don't even know how that works uh yeah, i'm not completely sure either <laughs> yeah i i do know that we get like four flexes basically uh plus you know there's a qb flex oh, yeah. too so yeah know. and that's that's the other thing hurt me i i went um baker early to pair him with mahomes thinking that would give me some kind of leg up mm-hmm. so yeah I went Russell. I waited a little, got Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and I picked up Gardner Minshew. So uh, I've got options there. I'm not going to use Minshew this week. I'm going to use Cousins over Minshew. I like the matchup against the Giants a lot better. Although, who knows? I may not have digs for him to throw to, so we'll see about that. Kind of looking at my roster right now. Um, All right. That's enough talking. us talking about our teams. We're going to talk about one more thing. But before we do that, uh, note from our friends at Yahoo. 
The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. You're back here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Luke Hoover. And Luke, one thing that I think you knew about before, but it introduced the concept to me last year was the concept of vampire leagues. And I, that's one of the things I love about fantasy football and fantasy sports in general is the permutations on how to play and how people are so creative and coming up with different ways to play. And the vampire league is a really interesting thing for those who haven't heard of it, haven't played it before briefly describe what is a vampire league. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of quickly become one of my, if not my, favorite format to play but it's uh i mean the the real short version is the gist that uh i play them all the ones that i have are 10 teams i think if you do 12 it might be just too much of um, an impossibility for the vampire to really uh be competitive but i could be learning the hard way this year that that's not necessarily true uh so the gist is that the the final team wherever that vampire is that person doesn't draft right so the rest of the league drafts a rot you know, their, their team. And then that, uh, vampire owner has to build their entire roster from the, you know, the leftovers from whoever goes undrafted. And depending on, you know, when you do it in the off season, I'll usually give them a few days, maybe a week, give or take, uh, if it's earlier on in the season to complete their roster before anyone can make a transaction. Uh, and then going forward, the way that it plays out is if you play that vampire team and you lose, just like, you know, a vampire has to kill somebody, drink their blood to, to gain strength, to, to live and survive. The, the vampire team, if they beat you, can take one of your players. Um, now I've put some, there's a lot of particular rules, and I've adjusted them a little bit from last year to this year. So this year, uh, a vampire, if they, they win, they can only steal up to a max of two first-round or second-round draft picks. So guys in, that were drafted in that format, that league, in the first or second round, uh, I, I became a runaway train as the vampire last year where I, I was lucky. I had James Conner. It was a bit of an unusual right. season where a, a top five type caliber running back was, was there for free after a draft. And, uh, I won week one and took Zeke from, uh, the team that I beat. Wow. And having two top running backs, the, 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 one of the thing quirks about the form, it's, it's real easy to get a good quarterback because they're not, you know, you're only starting one and it's 10 teams. Um, so it's, you can get a competitive quarterback most weeks. And, um, I was able to get a, you know, Jared Goff in that league, got a, a big win, or, you know, a few weeks later. And suddenly I had, uh, I think my second steal was Kamara I had Kamara, Zeke and Connor. And then from that point forward, I won seven straight to close the regular season. I did lose in the championship, but, um, wow. one of the, one of the fun, um, strategic aspects of the, this, this format that I like, as far as the, the versions that I run anyways, uh, you can protect somebody from the vampire, but you can only do it once. So if you're one of those unlucky teams based on schedule, you play the vampire twice, you kind of have to decide, do you want to do it 
early in the season or do it later if they're, that team's a little stronger. You can only do it once when you have to bench that player. So you have to bench the player to protect them. You can't protect somebody on a bye. You can't protect somebody injured and out. Uh, the, the theory behind that being that the players, you can't, you don't have an option to choose whether or not to play them anyhow. So gotcha. you don't have to protect them. So it's kind of just comes down to luck, luck of the draw at that point. I, uh, I played two vampires in week one. It was not pretty. No, <laughs> I started, I, I, I was overly invested in Baker Mayfield this year. And that's really uh, hurt me in a bunch of leagues, including those two teams where he had a really bad week one, obviously against the Titans um, had Beckham in one of those leagues where I paired them together and, and just basically had two different teams that just completely tanked. I actually got crushed by one of the vampires who started John Ross, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Michael Gallup and Delaney Walker against me. And I, I did the, the math. It was something like almost 600 total yards and like six touchdowns Yikes! <laughs> and it's half point PPR. And they combined for close to 30 catches. It was crazy. And who did you uh, lose so as a result cool. of that? Which player did he grab from I, you? I lost some guy named Saquon Barkley. Um, I mean, serves him he right. Lost him. Serves yeah, him he lost right. Him two yeah. weeks later. Uh, yeah. And even without Barkley this last week, he got a win. I mean, he was smart enough to add Gallman and, uh, and it, it, it worked out and he got a win and ended up with taking Travis Kelsey. That was the best option of that team that he beat. Uh, so now has Saquon and, and Kelsey is his first two victims. But as I was telling you before we started, um, you know, the, the podcast, the, uh, another one of the vampires, the other one I lost to in week one, and that was a much closer matchup. And I lost because again, uh, I don't, I, I, I've had to, I have to stop investing in his talent because I really believe in the talent but Corey Davis totally burned me in that one as well I happened to draft Antonio Brown and that was a big mistake in the first place but um, had to bench him since he was out week one as a patriot and uh, you know thinking oh you know it's the rest of my team's really strong it's it's the vampire team he's got you know he's just pieced it together he's you know going for upside and you know he just needs one or two guys to not hit and I'm I'm going to crush him i just threw davis in my lineup without giving it much thought when i had larry fitzgerald and uh, tyrell williams on my bench and they would have made the difference up i lost because of it oh, and no. lost dalvin cook and that vampire I, i've never seen a team have more luck has proceeded to win all of his games by a margin where if one guy made you know a, a pretty reasonable switch in their starting lineup would have won and he's now four and oh and he's four and oh all because i i gave him dalvin cook week one uh uh that's hurtful. That's so hurtful to see that. Uh, well, now, when you lose a player to the vampire, does, does do you get like his worst player, or you just have to pick somebody up on the waiver wire to replace him? I've I've seen some formats where you have to exchange players. Um, the way I do it is that you're just losing that player, and you have a, then you you have an empty spot on your roster. You go to the waiver wire. I think you probably uh, prefer that, right? If you're the team that's losing the top player, that you'd rather have a wider choice of players, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if we did the exchange, you could make any transaction you you know choose from that point forward and drop the player if you didn't want the guy you had exchanged or um, you know however you want to handle that. Another quirk that I do, and, and it's designed to help vampires because it you know, um, and I I am the vampire in two of these leagues. I have six of them total, um, and I my vampire teams are both one and three. I've lost um, a couple of close matchups where, and that's the really the toughest thing is you can. 
you know, you really have to hit on those start decisions as the vampire to, to get a win. And you right. also need that other team to underperform in a week. So, you know, I've had a couple matchups where I played a team that really tanked and still lost because I missed uh, messed up one or two decisions. But uh, so I'm one in three and two of them. So I'm counting on this to help me. But the first half of the season, so the first seven weeks, uh, the vampire, if they lose, they're automatically first on the waiver wire. If they win, they just stay wherever they are on the priority. Gotcha. Uh, we, don't, we don't do it by fab or anything like that. It's just a, a roll, rolling list. So uh, that that adds a little bit of um, you know, a layer of, of, of help to the vampire that, you know, in many cases that, that team's going to need. Um, so, like I said, it's kind of fluky that this one vampire is 4-0 and and probably set to win that league if uh, the team in first place who's also 4-0 um, you know, doesn't uh, build up enough of a roster to beat him because he just pulled off a trade that I'm not one to call out con- collusion or veto-, veto trades. I don't believe in trade vetoes and we don't get to vote on them in my leagues, but uh, it-, it looks awfully shaky because you managed to swing um, Saquon Barkley and Devontae Adams for Le'Veon Bell. That's huh? it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean... It's not like uh, I don't know if you're uh, you know you are you are a poker player so I know so I don't know if you know about this scandal going on uh, this the play, that guy plays is streaming and is like playing perfect poker and all that and he somehow is getting because because it's a streaming and they have the RFI ID card uh, chips in the cards uh, and they're he's somehow beating the system there at least that's what's alleged uh, it's not quite that bad where you can just see like it's it's not like Barkley and Adams for John Ross, at least it's for another stud player, at least. But yeah, it's that's kind of sketch. I guess it was that before or after Barkley's injury. Uh, it was just today, so uh, uh, it's. I get it. It's, it's weird time. Well, the the trade was also from the player giving up Barkley and Adams his last place, and zero and four. I actually messaged him to see. So this is another thing: is that we do these as keeper leagues. Oh, uh, oh, that's a so, huge. Okay, so that was a big part of that too. Um, and and which is yeah so why would you trade these guys but he the, in this case he can't keep Barkley going into next year he, um, because he was a first round pick uh, who he kept for a first round pick this last year so you can't keep him two years in a row gotcha um, so I get that but uh, he'd also just traded for Adams the week before in another blockbuster deal um, so I actually messaged him just to say and and I've created these leagues with a mixture of Twitter followers who expressed interest when I've, um, you know, tweeted about trying to put together a league and, and friends and family and stuff like that. Uh, but this is somebody that I play. He played in two of my leagues last year. He's in two again this year. I don't really know him personally, but I shot him a message just to see if he's tanking to finish last because last place gets to be the vampire the following season. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so anytime you introduce a keeper element, there's some sort of incentive for, Next year, whether it's right. draft order or being the vampire and all that, that changes va- trade valuations. Uh, there, there, you know, you can't. I don't believe in vetoing a trade like that either. And it does, you know, the fact that Barkley's hurt now and Adams might not play either this week. I think you can make the defense. Bell's already had his buy. Yeah, no, I'm stretching. I'm, I, I am. Yeah, exactly. I'm like George Costanza. I'm squinting, but. I, I think it's really interesting too, because the the guy in first place that traded for Adams and Barkley, who he, neither of whom he might be able to use this week, is actually going up against this undefeated vampire this week. Wow! So he can't 
if they're both out, he can't even protect them. He could he could theoretically lose one. Now, he can't lose Barkley because that vampire who's 4-0 has already used both their first-round pick steals uh, in getting Dalvin Cook from me and David Johnson. Right. But uh, he could certainly lose Adams. And by the way, David Johnson and Dalvin Cook are well set up this week in terms of matchup, too. So, yeah. Even more painful yeah, to look at. He's definitely in trouble, actually. This uh, and the the third steal for this vampire was Mahomes. So. <laughs> oh my goodness! Who it's, might as well be a first round a pick? Man. Yeah. 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 Yikes. Well, and, and the, what's great about these? He got Mahomes, and he can keep Mahomes next year um, because you just lose if you keep a player, you lose the round uh, a round um, up from where they were drafted the year before, so it goes up around. Yeah. Uh, and Mahomes was a keeper in every one of these leagues that I did. Because uh, they're all they are six point passing touchdown, which was by design. I I won't really start a league that's not six point passing touchdown. Okay. Uh, I think it's just I don't like to devalue, devalue the the QB position, and you know if it's if if it counts for six points in the the NFL, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. That's kind of the way I think about it. Huh. Uh, so it is six points passing touchdown, and Mahomes was drafted you know pretty late in, in all the leagues that I started last year, so he was kept as like an eleventh, tenth. 12th round pick in most of these these leagues so um this guy's sitting pretty yeah no doubt no doubt indeed all right well that's gonna kind of close things off uh, for this week got anything else to add any other matchups you're looking at any other vampire notes you want to talk about no you know no uh major vampire notes to talk about although um i actually have to check i, I jim coventry one of our rotowire guys is in in one of these leagues with with me and he actually beat me in the championship last year so gotta see when i play him as well as uh the the writer that took over um uh my exploiting the matchups column uh jerry donna I, I, uh, I didn't want to butcher his last name there you go we yeah um yeah, yeah jerry's jerry's in another one of the leagues and uh sitting only at two and two but uh um uh, so hopefully I'll, I'll be able to take take down one of those guys when i, I come up and play them circle the but, date uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, but uh, no, no major matchup news to, to call out. Uh, you know, just looking forward to the slate as always, you know, going to have to figure out which game to focus on for these one o'clock because there's too many of them. Yep, exactly. And then just do the rewatch later to catch up on the ones you miss. Uh, that's, right. that's what I've done in the past too. All right. That's going to wrap up today's podcast. I want to thank Yahoo Fantasy Sports for the sponsorship. Luke, thanks for jumping on with me today. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely, Jeff. Thanks. You bet. Uh, you can follow Luke on Twitter at Hoover underscore L underscore A. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. Please subscribe and rate and review the podcast. Be back at you again tomorrow. Take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 